1: Today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause it ain't a second I can waste some clean food on place. Fumble the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, every time I step in the bank. We can't be Making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake. When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change. Cause every action got a consequence. Consider your ways. Hardest thing to do in life is elevate for your pain. I can't relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the phase. Giving effort, but results, just keep remaining the same. Ask the patience with yourself. Shit ain't as bad as you claim. I seen the homeless nigga smile. while leave standing in rain. This is all about perspective. I'm chillin', catchin' blessings. And cryptocurrency been bustin' and I'm well invested. Know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressin'. I'm leisure. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas layin' brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gon' break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second I can waste, I'm puttin' food on place. Meal.
2: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, one fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance, checking on my brothers. How y'all feeling, fellas?
3: What's good? What's good? What's good? It's your boy, Jalen, man. Another quarter of the BWR podcast. I'm feeling great. I was kind of like under the weather this week, kind of congested, but I'm feeling good, y'all.
2: It's because he turned up too hard for his bridge. Oh, my God. <laughs>
4: Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here, checking in, checking in on a lovely Saturday. Got a great podcast ahead of us. Been feeling good, feeling great. You know, well, how you doing over there, Jared?
5: Hey, man, I'm feeling great over here, man. It's another quarter of the Blackwell Renaissance. Your boy Jared checking in. Hey, Kelly, why I see you sporting that, that that nice new polo over there? Can you tell me a little bit about that? What what was that, man? That's <laughs> that, what's that <laughs> <there,
4: man? laughs> that good old BWR Academy. You know, we learning all about insurance, credit investing in the stock market and um, you can learn about budgeting yeah um, so click the link in the bio man or in the show notes yeah man bwr academy uh we just launched
2: this past week awesome mm-hmm. great success got a lot of stuff planned in there i know we got the savings challenge that's one of our big things that we really want a big initiative that we want a lot of people to get on we we're trying to help a thousand families save up collectively a million dollars to invest in assets pay down debt and just really improve our lives financially together as a community. That's really what the focus of the whole academy is. And like my brother Kelly said, you can check the link in the show notes for that. But as always, y'all y'all know we got a great episode planned for y'all today. If you are watching this, you can see to my left, we have another great brother, man. Absolutely killing it out here in the real estate game. Uh, brother from Philly. He has over 100 rental properties. And last year in the pandemic, this man bought 70 units. Sheesh. 70 in a yeah. None other than Mr. K.R. Robinson. KR,
3: how you doing, my man? You chilling. Jeez. Appreciate you coming through, man. Come on, man. He's chilling. Come on, man. You're doing more than chilling, bro. You turned it up, bro.
0: Yo, I'm mad excited to be here. I had to come and spend some time with you cats. You changing the game up. Like hey, bro. I'm mad impressed with you guys. You remind me of like Lil Wayne and them when they were putting <laughs> like uh, the South on the map. He, you had New York and the West Coast making all that noise and hip hop. You guys, like, no, we're going to be heard. We're going to let Dallas let everybody know we're repping for down here. So I'm that excited to be coming in here from New York.
3: That's hey, man, we awesome we'll appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you for pulling up, flying out to the D, man. Thank you so much. And really just happy to have you here. And definitely can't wait to get into the episode because some of the things that you've done, some of the things that you've accomplished, It's amazing, bro. like Mm -hmm. besides just the 150 units, he's worked on Wall Street, went to Ivy League school. So we're going to let you do a little bit of introduction on yourself. Can you let the audience know who are you, Mr. K.R., like before the 150 units? Like, how'd you get there? What made you want to take that step? So I grew up and a lot of people that know me
0: know I grew up in Philadelphia with six siblings, single parent household. We were mad broke. I remember moving around so much. I tell people I have a PhD being a tenant. And one story I remember vividly. I remember one time we had this elementary teacher. Our house had burnt down and we were chilling like in the living room. She bought some KFC. It was original chicken and she had cold, she had macaroni and cheese and she had some mashed potatoes. I was like, damn, yo, I need my coleslaw. But look, beggars can't be true. So <laughs> I just ate it up. But I remember looking at the stars because the whole third floor was missing and you could see the stars. And I was like, look, I never want to be this broke ever again in my life. I was like, I want financial freedom. I want to be able to build a legacy. And from that moment, I start busting my butt. So I went to public school, just worked really, really hard, bust my butt off, working part-time while I was in school. Then I got a scholarship, went off to Bowdoin College in Maine, bust my butt off, then went to Wall Street and was able to work at Goldman Sachs and it was crazy, like the things I was able to work on. And then I said, look, I'm gonna go into real estate because when I was growing up, you would see like crack kids, you would see like drug dealers, you would see bus drivers, you would see businessmen, homeless people, all those people had to be replaced. And I said, I'm gonna replace the businessman. Mm-hmm. And so I got mad focused on how do I become the businessman? Cause that's who I'm gonna replace. And then in 2009, I bought one rental unit. Then by 2018, I had nine rental units. Then by 2019, I had 35. And then 2020, I had 105. So I said, look, I'm going to stay the course and I'm going to run up the score. So when I bought that first crib, I was like, yo, 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 if I ever be in this position, I have money 10 years from now, yo, I'm going to buy everything. And so I went from that one property back in the day in 2009. Then 2020 came and I said, look, I got to get me 70 units. Mm-hmm. And it was so crazy because in 2018, I was still working. I was like, yo, I'm doing my thing. I'm killing it. I'm making $85,000 a year from my nine rental units and still got the nine to five. I'm a beast. And then when 2020 came, now I make over $100,000 a year. I mean, $100,000, close to $100,000 per month. So it went from eighty-five thousand for the whole year Jeez. to close to a hundred thousand per month. I'm like, yo, son, I'm running over Damn. a million. And so I quit my job in August thirty-first, two thousand and twenty, because I said this is getting out of control. Yeah. Because once you get in a position of really power and scale, you can change everybody's lives. So that's the quick little rundown. It just it went.
2: What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Fitness on. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Crazy. Real Damn.
3: Crazy. So, there's a lot of stuff in that. I kind of want to peel back, too. Like, even just, like, with the beginning and, like, will, the I, origin story, yeah. bro. Because I ain't going to lie. I moved around a lot, too. Like, he could tell you. Yeah. Like, we said we've been best friends since 8th grade. Like, I might be a PhD tenant, too. Uh, like, I'd have been, like... I have a running joke for myself. I'd be like, I've been to every school in like the parish and I know everybody from around there. So I think that's really important because you didn't let that environment take you over and you said, I'm going to do something about this. And you decided that day, how old were you whenever this happened? So
0: that happened, maybe I was like uh, kindergarten. So that's probably,
3: what is that? Like six, five or, five, yeah. five or six? years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Young, young.
3: Damn. So you're that young and You had the wherewithal and the mental process to say, you know, I never want to be in this position again. Never, never. I remember middle school where we
0: were so poor at one point that we were having a cookout and it's like 10 or 15 inches of snow outside. And I'll never forget that saying, damn, we don't even have electricity and gas. We got to use the barbecue thing. I said, I'm never going to be this broke. But I said, I'm not going to be a victim of my environment. Mm. I'm going to be a victim of my dreams Mm. and ambition. So as long as I elevated my way of thinking, I was like, nobody could stop me. And so that's how I changed the thing.
3: Mm. So how did you even get to that type of thinking process? Like, were you reading books? Like, what was the positive outlook yep. look gotcha. on you that kind of fostered gotcha. this story?
0: So when I was like, I was crazy in middle school, you know, hooking and doing all that stupid stuff. And that means you're skipping school, you're not focused. Mm-hmm. And you're mad happy getting a C like, yo, I got to see because I'm cute, don't be hating. Like, <laughs> And if I get a D, that's because you own my
5: dick.
4: Everybody loves McDonald's fries, so yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light.
0: For real, yo, f out of here. So my stepdad came into my life. We were mad poor at the time. My mother said, go live with your stepdad. So we live with our stepdad. It was like about like 15 of us, like in a studio apartment, mad broke. And so my stepdad was like, look, I can tell you what it takes to be successful, but do not do what me and your family members are doing. So like a couple of my family members, teenage moms, my brother went to prison for attempted murder. And I was like, yo, I don't want my life to be like that. So my stepdad was like, look, don't be an F up like us just believe that you can change the world. And if you do that, I trust me, you'll be successful. So he opened my eyes, but I was always worried because I was like, my mother has a good heart. My stepdad has a good heart, the church, everybody raising money, always being broke. So I said, if I can be a compassionate person and understand money management and wealth, then I, in real estate, then I'll be able to change my life. So like at 13 or 14, I start going to like the University of Penn, Barnes and Noble bookstore and start reading books. Mm. And so while everybody was just playing sports, I was reading books, working part time and I'll play sports sometimes, but I was just devouring books. Mm. And so I said, let me change the game up. And so that's when it all started from right there.
4: What kind of books were you reading back then?
0: Oh, I read Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Mm. I love that book. Yeah,
3: that's a great book. So
0: I read the Bible from front to back. And I was like, look, if I'm a Christian, I got God on my side, nothing going to stop me. So I read that. I read Malcolm X's book. I read the biology of success. So I start to change my mindset, my mm-hmm. health, the way I create routines, because if you have the right routines, you're going to be able to be successful, even if you're mediocre. So I start putting in place things like that. Mm.
2: Man, that's hard. Yeah. So I was like just looking at it and thinking about. So you said the exposure like to the books, it really helped you. So I know you said you went to college and you bust your butt what led to you getting that job on Wall Street? Like what major sure. and stuff did so you go for? So what's
0: so crazy is that my life is kind of like one of those movies or something like that, because the senior year that I went off to college, my brother, when you're younger than me, went to prison for attempted murder. Mm-hmm. And so that just made me say, wow. And then when I was a junior in college, my sister was murdered and I had to keep pushing forward. So I've always had these real pivotal moments in my life saying, look, you have to make a decision in your life and go this way or that way. And so that always propelled me to keep pushing harder and look at the world very differently um so that was always that bump like like, this is real like all these other people talking about theoretical stuff they just talking about hot water we talking about people's lives changing and losing your life so that kept motivating me when I would go home and see like my little nieces and nephews or what have you and I had like an internship I was crushing I got a full time I made like 10,000 that summer doing that work and my mom was like come home your sister has been Killed. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like my life is about to, I'm about to be on Wall Street and graduate from college, no more bad stuff. will keep happening like this, but that will motivate me to just say, you you gotta keep pushing.
4: And that's crazy. Cause like being in Goldman Sachs is like the top tier of the wall street. You know, that's not something to scoff over. So how did their mindset or working at that company kind of help you? That, yo, that was crazy. Cause it was like, it was wow was like
0: 300 people on the front office doing an investment banking that I was doing. like They'll hire people. They'll put you in HR and mm-hmm. like, stuff like that. But we had like 300 and the front office from around the world that came to New York for training. And five were like African-American. You may have some Africans and stuff like that, but you mm-hmm. have five African-Americans. And I was like, holy crap, you know, this is a whole different league. And you had to go through six weeks of crazy training. And then there's an article that came out recently, like how first-year analysts at Goldman worked like 90 plus hours. And that mm-hmm. was no joke. I literally had to work 50 hours nonstop at one point. And I went to sleep like on a Friday at 9 p.m. and woke up on Saturday at 10 p.m. to go pee. And then went back to sleep on Sunday. But it was crazy. Like they would have a car come pick you up. You would do mergers and acquisitions. Like I would go to like Maryland or what have you and represent Goldman Sachs nobody mm-hmm. else there. And they're like the black guy in our room. And they're like, uh, who's representing Goldman Sachs? And they'll, they'll say my name. And I said, yeah, if you have any questions, I'm dictating this. I walk with the CEOs so it was the greatest training, but it was so intense, and it was really nice sometimes too. Like we had warm weather vacations where they paid for us to go to Naples, Florida, for a week, or you go have surfing turf at the Hamptons on a week. So it was great, but they mm-hmm. worked the hell out of you. So that just opened my eyes, and I went to go work for a, a three billion dollar hedge fund in Boston. That mm-hmm. opened my eyes too. I was like, man, this is crazy. One of my bosses made like two hundred fifty million dollars a year. So it was a crazy, crazy experience. <laughs> it is. It
2: is. So
0: I kind of want to walk it
2: back for the people who may be unfamiliar. What is an investment bank?
0: So you have an investment bank. The investment bank is very different from the commercial bank. So you mm-hmm. may go to a commercial bank, a regular person, and go put deposits in. You get loans to go do business on a local level. The investment bank, what they're doing is advising large corporations primarily. So it'll be like Amazon will come to them and say, we want to acquire this other company or Google will come to them and say, we want to sell part of our business. So when you see these big transactions, these multi-million dollar and billion dollar transactions on the Wall Street Journal, they're being advised by investment banks. And the investment banks will also provide them with advisory services. So they'll be able to coach them throughout the whole year, talking about this is what you should do strategically in terms of your financing. And they could also provide financing as well. And they'll say, this is what you should do for your treasury. And so they'll give them advice on how they can manage all their money. So the investment banks is pretty much what we have at the commercial banks for regular people. The investment banks serve for the big corporations as their advisors and work on the deals to put the transactions together.
3: That's some high level stuff. So I kind of want to talk about like mergers and acquisitions, because this is something that we don't really understand or really get into in the African-American community. So like with mergers and acquisitions, how can we benefit from some of these things like a lot of times we start businesses just for a livelihood instead of thinking of starting a business to sell it off Mm. so it can be acquired by a larger company and you don't understand like how that could really change your life yeah like with ring and with amazon they acquired ring and like yes he gave up the business but he got a lot in return as well
0: yes yes so in our community, what you can have is so. For instance, you have the Black Wealth Renaissance. You also have like Black Real Estate Dialogue, and those are two different podcasts. Someone can come along, maybe KJ Consultant, and I say I want to buy both of you. So I want you guys to keep working. You can work on for the next five years. I'll pay your salary. I want Sam to keep working for the next five years. I'll pay your salary. But you guys may be able to walk away. You're young with a few million dollars. You're like yo, we we came up like this was nice. Then you guys should go start another venture. Mm -hmm. Or the other thing you guys can do is the two of you guys can just merge. And so your two audience probably will give you a larger platform that you can have more sales and actually go and be able to negotiate and say, look, I have 500,000 followers. He has 60,000 Now we probably have almost close to 600,000. Now we're going to have a conversation with McDonald's or a conversation with Amazon and say, we want to have a relationship with you. We'll promote your stuff on our website, promote your stuff on our platform for this amount of money, or you go to HBO because there's power in numbers. And so as companies decide that they want to move to the next level, you think about mergers and acquisitions, also exit strategies, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you get excited about the beginning, but you Mm -hmm. don't know how the ending is going to be because you never thought about it. So you may decide to merge, you may decide to sell, you may decide to do partnerships. And that's how I think we should think about it. Or you may have a certain real estate type of business. And you, like one of my good friends, he's really big in storage. I do apartment buildings. And he said, how about the two of us decide to go and buy a commercial real estate brokerage? which we can be one of the largest brokerage firms inside the state of Pennsylvania. So it's like thinking like that, Mm -hmm. how do we think beyond just this day-to-day where we're trading time for money? We're so obsessed with that and we want to push certain products instead of sitting back saying, all right, I can make money with my hands, I can make money with my mind, but then how do I make money using my money? Mm -hmm. And so how do we get to that level?
2: Mm.
0: Right. Now you got
2: me really thinking about
0: Reginald Lewis' book. Right, is right soft. That is well Re- Reginald F. Lewis,
2: like the way he was talking about it, it, makes me think about a scene in there where he was talking like that, where they acquired Beatrice Foods. Yeah, Beatrice Foods, yum. where he was just saying that that's what he realized the real game was. It's like he had his daughter in the factory with him. She, he was like, We make this ice cream for two cents a cup and we sell it for $3. This is how you make your
0: money, make money. We don't have to work none of this. Mm-hmm. I just make money. Like, for instance, I bought my largest apartment building. It's a 24 unit. I bought for $1.78 million last year. And what's interesting is that it was owned by, I think a Jewish lawyer two years prior. He bought it for $900,000. So in two years, he made like a profit of close to $900,000. He do a 1031 exchange and he's able to put that money into something else. But if you listen to that $900,000, it's almost a million dollars in two years. So say he made $500,000 per year off of one transaction. And when I first started, I used to buy like a $22,000 house, put 15,000 into it. And I'm mad excited because I made out refi appraisals for 115,000. I get $85,000. I'm mad hype. And now when I do these big deals, I said, Negro, please. Oh my God. They talk about (laughs) almost a million off a deal. I used to be mad hype off of 85,000 doing cartwheels. I said, oh hell no. I gotta start playing with the big boys. And it's just amazing. Like when we start to change our perception of what success is and what the possibilities are, mm. it's crazy.
4: Mm. That's kind of what I want to get into is how you started, you know, back in 2009, you said you bought your first property. Yeah. How did that go from just buying one property? to so doing buying buy purchases great, for 1. $1.7 question. million? Dollars. So that's a great question. So what I tell
0: people delayed gratification is not your enemy and discipline and desire and determination are your best friends. So I had to be realistic, right? You don't have a whole lot of money. Some people do. I wasn't one of those people. You got to start where you are. Cash your bucket where you are. So some people like, "Yo, Kr, you took mad long, 2009 2018 to get nine units. You're going the slow route. You never going to catch up. You never going to be nothing." I was like, "All right, you'll see, see, see. I'm moving like ghosts off of power. You don't even know what I'm doing. I'm making moves. You don't even know me. So you buy the first house." Say, for instance, you go and buy a house for 60000 If you go to like a credit union like American Heritage in Pennsylvania, but they're around the country, some of them will let you put 15% down. So say you bought a house for 60000 you put 15% down, you'll need $7,500. Say, for instance, that's, you got the 15%, that already has a tenant inside of it. So you're mm-hmm. like, all right, maybe I can save $7,500 a year. So if you're just in like 500 times 12, That's 6,000. And then you figure out somewhere else to cut expenses. You got that 7,500. So then you can start buying one house over the course of several years. And while you're buying these houses, what we do at KJ Consulting is we teach you how to analyze markets and do deals across the country. So what we teach you to do is you'll find this house, buy easy breezy cover girl house. And what I mean by that is you take someone like Queen Latifah who used to be all rough and now she all pretty. So we find a house that look like it's rough, got good bones, make it all pretty and not spend a whole lot of money. Mm. So the house I bought for like $60,000, I only spent about like $15,000, $17,000 to fix it up. And then it appraised for $146,000. Mm-hmm. So then I'm able to take out like almost 100 grand or what have you. That 100 grand, you put that aside, right? I still got the nine to five and I keep doing it over the first nine years. Put all the rental income, say you're getting 6000 per rental house, you're putting that aside and you're putting away the refi money that you get. which could be like $80,000, 50000 60000 before you know it, over a nine-year period, you probably have 500 dollars $600,000, $700,000 mm. And everybody's seeing you walk around with your new balances on, with your messed up hairline, They're like, oh, that boy ain't even taking care of himself. He's struggling. And then you say 2018, you got nine of those bad boys. And then what you say is now you call the bank. The bank's like, you got the three R's. You got the track record because you showed them that you know how to manage your money. You got all the deposits going on. You got those relationships. You're telling the bank, look, I'm legit. I'm serious. I'm ready. I'm just getting ready. So, when I need y'all for a bigger loan, you can see I, I've been loyal to you guys. The next thing, you got all the relationship with the contractors, the banks, and everybody like that. And then you have that reputation. So, then you say, for instance, you got that 80 grand, right? So, you got that one house, you got 80 grand. Now, you could put that on a down payment for a triplex. So, you bought a triplex for 200,000. You put 30% down. You need only 60,000. Bam, it's already occupied. You go buy yourself a 12-unit apartment building, Say for 400 grand. You only got to put like 20 or 25% down. Guess where that 100 grand came from? Bam. That money you've been holding. And guess what this other powerful thing about this delayed gratification and focus? Guess who keeps all the ownership? You do. The black boy, because he decided to let it grow and take his time. And so you're building up the empire, 2018, 2019. I went out and bought 27 units, all of my own money. And then in 2020, I'm running through my own money starting to come down. But guess what? You got the reputation, you got the relationship, and you got the track record. So everybody start banging on your door from every color, white, black, green, yellow, anybody. So my business partner, Joe Mears, my consultant's business, he actually was one of my students, a private student. Then he became a debt investor. Then he became an equity investor saying, yo, can I partner with you? And then we started a consulting business. So that's how you start doing the big deals. Like my $1.78 million deal, we had to put $700,000 down. Mm-hmm. People want to talk about that. It's hard to come up with 7,000. Then some people want to cry when they got to come up with 70,000. Imagine when you can command 700,000. So Jeez. it's a whole different ballpark. So I tell people, be very focused on the brand that you're trying to create mm-hmm. and make sure that you're setting the tone for how you want to operate your business. And that's how I grew from having an individual small business to a multi-million dollar business.
2: I I love love that so much, especially the point of like how you said it took you that time to get those unions, right? Everybody wants to scale up so fast, but whenever you scale up fast is the thing that you pointed out there is that you're you're exchanging ownership because you're going to have to either get some partners in here that you're going to owe money or you're going to owe them equity.
3: Yeah, or you got to go hard money, lender route, and you got twice as interest. I've never used hard money. Never. Mm. i said look i'm gonna go my way the cheap way i was like "Nah, you're talking about that type of interest you're trying to rape somebody i'm good i'm gonna just go the slow route did that also that intelligence come from your years on wall street as well yes a combination
0: of the years on wall street and a combination of all that preparation when i was like 13 or 14 getting ready for the game but another thing that we don't really know that while we get stuck in playing in certain areas like the one to four units is because we don't really understand how to run a large-scale business. Mm. So we don't understand what it takes for the bank. So my business partner, he had zero units in 2018. He decided to partner with me. Of course, you got to give us some equity, come work with me. But now he has 60 doors. So the other thing we have to learn is that understand who you should partner with, but also understand how it works. So if people don't realize if you want the bank to give you a million dollars for an apartment building, they have a number of things they're going to require. One is that you have some experience. Mm-hmm. Two, that you have the down payment. And three, that you have the net worth. I'm mm-hmm. not giving you a million dollars if you're not worth a million dollars. It's nice to be cute on IG and say you're worth a million. But when you can show me that your name is on the back of a building, when I go look it up in the government files and it says my all my buildings, you can check the receipts, they'll say KR, KJ, they'll, something that starts with KR because I'm the boss. Then you know you're doing it right. But most people don't realize that. They're like, what? The bank want to see this? The bank want that? They're
3: not going to count my personal residence? That is where we lack that knowledge. Hmm. So it it was some things that you had said before, like, was it the 1031 exchange? 1031 exchange. So can you explain what is that, like how him rolling that money over was advantageous and how to use that? So that was very
0: powerful for him because he didn't have to pay any taxes on the money. He just had to put it back to work within a certain Mm -hmm. amount of days, like 45 days or what have you, where you have to find another investment, equivalent in price, It doesn't necessarily have to be apartment building, but you could buy a portfolio of 50 houses, but you have to find something within a set time period and use a third party where you never touch the money, it goes directly to the third party. And then you close on the transaction and you pay no taxes to Uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. So that is the vehicle that's used on a regular basis. So
1: 1031
0: is just for real estate? Yes, just for real estate. It used to be for stock, but they stopped it. It's only Mm -hmm. for real estate. But what's funny is the really well-off people, the ballers, they... It's their refi cash out. It's the same way of like, you know how young people are like, yo, I just did a refi cash out. No taxes, baby. I'm doing it. The real well-off real estate people, they say, I'm going to do a 1031 exchange and just level up.
3: Because (laughs) you're putting that money into something that's Mm -hmm. worth more. So therefore it should kick you back a higher ROI.
0: Yes. And you can use that entire 900,000. Now that can be your down payment. Before it was the price for purchase Mm -hmm. for the regular property, but now it's your down payment for something bigger. Mm -hmm.
3: That's the game of Monopoly, man. Like, that's the true game Trading the four houses for that hotel. Yeah. That's then, crazy. And so, then it's even crazier. The portion
5: that I don't want people to miss is what you said, that he made half a million dollars a year. So it's like, once you make that type of money, once you put that into a deal, it becomes a lot easier, I'm assuming, to be able to make those large amounts of money because you're using that type of money, right?
0: Absolutely. That's a great point. Now you get excited when you own like one rental property and you say, I'm making, let's say $1,000, you're making $12,000 off that property. But when you buy these big deals, I'm looking like a $5 million deal outside of Chicago and the annual rent is close to $800,000 a year. So when you start doing those bigger deals, you start to realize that just by raising the rent a little bit and cutting the cost by a little bit, you're making so much money. It's not even a game anymore. It's like, it's it's so on a different level. You never want to go back. You're like, yo, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, my family, I don't even have to buy anything else. But I am going to buy more things because Mm -hmm. I really believe in transformational wealth. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. A lot of people talk about this generational wealth, which is like uh, top to down, north to south, which I buy a house and then my family in 40 years benefit transformational wealth. And this is something I've been pushing at KJ Consulting is that what I was like, yo, I'm already on, I'm worth literally over 5 million. I said, look, I'm going to help my family. I said, my brother, go get your damn real estate license. He was like, "Uh ah, then he eventually did it. When I do a million dollar deal in Pennsylvania, he gets a 3% commission. He gets $30,000. But guess what? I tell him he need to go buy a house. So now he and his wife and five children have a beautiful house in Abington. He was able to use that for the down payment. So now we just transformed his wealth. Mm. Not only that, he worked on another deal, with a million dollar deal. He gets another 30,000. Guess what? I tell him, go open up a Roth IRA so that he can build for his generational wealth. But guess what? He helps his in-laws out. They were living in an apartment. Now he gifted them money. They bought a duplex. So now he transformed their wealth. So that's what I mean by transformational wealth. We're changing our wealth and our situation today. Mm. My niece and my nephew, they're interns. Also my other brother, he helps out with the landscaping. My aunt, she helps out with the cleaning of the 85 units in the Philadelphia area. So that's what I mean by like, we got to change the way we think about things. I think generational wealth is cute, but I think transformational wealth is what we need today. Mm -hmm. And we can't afford to wait 40, 30 years for the next person to benefit. That's a bar.
3: Hey, that that is a bar, man. Like that's some powerful stuff right there. Because, like you said, you're taking it from just where I'm just worried about me. Now I'm helping everyone else out. But and like what people don't understand, what that's doing is now like everyone is able to really (coughs) build up the community. Like you're really building up your community from within. Because one thing that we do see whenever people focus on building for themselves. Now you become the breadwinner of the family. Now, anytime something's wrong, mm, you pay the they, black tax. Who do they call? Who are they looking for? But what you're doing is you're helping your family eat off of your wins as well. And I think that's smart as hell, bro. And another thing that's really
0: deep thats a lot of people, they're mad and selfish is that you write the loved ones in your will and you give them equity in your LLC so that when they show up for work to help you with your business, they're not just showing up for a paycheck. They get to tell their families, look, that's your, that's your dad's building. Not only your uncle's building, that's the family business. That's ours. So I tell them that's ours. It's like me picking up the phone and like Denzel in the movie American Gangster. And they said, boy, your brother's on the phone. Get on the phone, get on the phone. He wants y'all all to move up to New York. What I'm doing is getting on a phone call, my family, I want y'all all to move up to the million dollar role because mm-hmm. we're no longer be on the bottom. So people say, what's your legacy? I'm not self-made, I'm community me. So when my family members become multi-millionaires, that's my goal.
4: head over to amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.
3: Mm. Hey, that's powerful as hell. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. know what was the inspiration for real estate though? Because being on Wall Street, you could have easily got wrapped into the stock market. You know what the motivation for real estate was growing up mad
0: porn. I remember my stepdad talking about, man, I know this neighborhood going to change or just seeing my family members and just seeing a struggle. And I was like, man, I want to own something. I want something tangible. I want to have something that I want to figure out there's a need in the community and I want to change it. Because I was like, some of these mentors are slum lords. They don't know what they're doing. I said, I can come back and buy this whole block or buy this whole neighborhood and change the whole game. Provide people with high quality housing. What I say is you're going to get a champagne experience paying liquor prices. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my community especially, but now I invest in communities with diverse people because as you move up, you may start focused, but you're buying numbers. So you're going to start buying even more communities that are not predominantly black, but that was the main focus at the beginning was like, look, I got to come over and take over the block.
5: Mm. Buy back the block. So, so for anybody, somebody is listening, right. And they want to try to recreate this process. They want to try to create transformational wealth. What would be some of the first steps or something that you would suggest for them to do?
0: Well, I'm 100% honest. I think that I basically joined social media in August of 2020 when I retired, because I said, look, I have nothing to talk about. So I'm done with my own personal journey. And they were like, yo, KR, you got to go on social media. So I would say definitely follow KJ Consulting because I'm dropping gems right now. Actually, I'm going to drop these 23 videos, which is going to be like the 23 lessons that led me to making over a million dollars a year in real estate. And so I think that's going to be important, but also a list of all the books that I've read about Mm -hmm. business and real estate and leadership. So I think that's very important. Then I think we have a course. I think I have the best course in the game for real Talk estate. about it. I, it's like, I think we like the Apple of real estate. So KJ Consulting, we're doing a course, four hours, virtual course. I teach you all my game plan, how I analyze a market. I have students invest in Columbus, Ohio. I have students in Maine, Indiana, Georgia, Maryland. We all over. I'm in Harrisburg, Philadelphia teach you how to analyze a market because what happened is that we're so stuck and emotionally attached to where we're localized that we don't even know how to pretty much be nimble. We got to be able to go to any different market and make money. And so some cats don't know how to do that. So we teach you how to analyze the market, give you our Excel templates. And then on top of that, we give you case studies on how I did certain deals. With my business partner did deals. We just plug the numbers in, but guess what? It's not a one night stand. Sometimes you get the course and they tell you just keep popping. I'm like, no, 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 come back because you're not going to embarrass me. So we're going to do check-ins for the next 12 months, once mm. a month, and you only pay $349 one-time cost. Hey. And people are like, yo, some people pay 5000 $10,000 to keep. No, I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm doing this for my culture. But I think that you need to pay because I think we have skin in the game. You're more motivated. Right. So I'm right. not trying to make you broke. I'm trying to teach you so that we can create this movement. So okay. that's what we do at KJ Consulting. We teach you my template. And I don't know everybody else's template. They may not work, or they may. But I know mine work. You don't have to be a genius. Hey, that's a $5 million tip for $300. Is even, what is even more incredible? You get that ongoing access to not just send us questions, but you get access to our team. So our lenders, our most mortgage brokers, wow. our property managers, oh, wow. you're getting all access to You get the full package because I want you to walk away and say, damn, yo, that cat changed my life. Like He didn't come in here and try to rate me. I don't know how people, no offense to those people that want to charge $10, $15,000. How some of your students only make ten thousand, fifteen thousand for the whole year? You take one hundred percent of their income. How are they supposed mm-hmm. to come up? Yeah,
2: yeah. but let me that's, stop. No, no, bro, that's that's facts. <laughs> Look, and like for everybody that's listening right now, like our people, our BWR people, can we get like something special from, like a little BWR code? Tell them like click down right now and get that if they they really interested because I know you've been on here dropping gems, bro. Like you did been educate, and I know that a lot of people could benefit from that. Well,
0: since you pushed this, I will tell my team. To give you like a code would be like BWR and then you guys were gonna just come on, y'all. Hey man, appreciate that, my brother. Y'all, y'all can't say we don't never do nothing for y'all, man. It's true. The thing is that it's not rocket science, it's mm-hmm. just that the people that do have the knowledge, they sometimes don't want to school us, and that's what keeps us from being behind. Like mm-hmm. it's so to me, it blows my mind. I'm like, yo, imagine you can put on, you can help like how y'all gonna help a thousand families. That's why I say like, if I can help a thousand students, just change the game for the whole family generationally. It's not even worth it. Transformational. It's true. Trans- so, That's what I'm trying to do. And are you teaching them the transformational wealth. technique as well? Oh yeah. In the course, we're teaching how to build your team. So we're going to give you the questions, tell you like what you should ask your property manager, what your broker, what your family, how do you think about putting together a team? So the transformational wealth is understanding the key elements of truly building wealth. And mm-hmm. it's ongoing, like a 12 month thing. So we're there to ask you questions, push you, tell you what you should think about when you're talking to the credit. Like we have one student she said, I applied to this one credit unit. They rejected me. I said, go talk to another one. She was like, what do you think? I'm nervous about this. We'll cut back the loan if you think it's too big. And she's like, oh my goodness. It's not, you really care. It's like, you're not charging me every time I ask you a question. I said, no, because you took the course and that's what we want to do. Now, after 12 months, the training wheels come off and you're on your own. You're not, you're not gonna, but that's, you, you had a good. whole year. Like, a whole a year, not, year worth of like you. training? Like, you're come on, man. We're like, not going to hold you forever. Yeah, You got to grow up at some point. Let
2: go the hand. That's dope as hell, bro. Before we get back into the journey, I got to give a, a quick shout out to our sponsor, yeah, 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 man, yeah. Water. We over here drinking on the alkaline water, man. That 9.5 pH, good for your insides, trying to keep yourselves healthy.
4: Y'all look into that Spiral Water. We got Aspira. the discount code, guys. I don't know if y'all know, but we got the discount
2: code. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Discount code BWR10, correct? Yes, sir.
3: Shit. Yeah. Hey, man. So, oh, that's a whole other blessing. Look, hey, man, down there the With all of these discounts. Hey, man. Calls, huh? so I like better go get be y'all some water, man. the
2: best way, man. Black. You can circulate
0: the dollar. Black-owned water company. You feel me? Because I'm the boss. I think mean, we can be BWR11. That would be our discount. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> I you know, like that. Be BWR11 <laughs> then, for yeah. the course. For the course. BWR11. Yeah. yeah yes, y'all sir. use that. One. Y'all that's use the, that. One. That's the beauty about being the boss.
2: Yeah. Make the decision. Yep. Ownership.
3: And I kind of want to get back, back to into it. Thing. You know, we're talking about it. What was some like lessons that you, some growing pains well, that you I, had I to still, go?
2: I kind of want to go like still into the journey because we didn't really, I know we got up to the point where you started the consulting, you got the students and all that, but we didn't really talk about you acquiring those 70 units in that one yeah. year. Oh, no, uh, that's
0: cool. Yeah, so like, so when you came up with that big down payment, right? Mm-hmm. So I was telling you about like over those years during that time, If you're saving all the money, right? So a million dollar property, you basically put 20% down. So they'll say, put 20% down, your interest rate is like 3.19% for the next five years. So that means I have to come up with 200,000. So eventually I'm going to run out of all the money I had on my own. Mm -hmm. And so what you're going to do is you start to have like a partner. So like one of my business partners, the Indian kid or what have you came to me and said, oh, I'm really interested in real estate. So how can I contribute to this process? So I may say, I got a hundred, you got a hundred. And then we decide to create a new LLC, like KSA management LLC. And so we'll put together, that's for the down payment. And then we'll come together and say, how much do we need for the rehab? So we may say we need to do some renovations, even though most of my properties are 85 to 100% occupied. So we'll say, let's see for each apartment, that time we bought 20 units for like 1.3 million. And we say for each apartment, we're gonna put together $3,000 to do rehab. So we say, we also need to have at least 60,000. So we'll come up and say, we need $260,000. And how much, what percent can you put up? How, what percent I can put up? And then we'll put it in a bank account. So that will be one deal. Then I'll come up with another deal and I'll say, I want to buy the 24 unit. And I say, we have to come up with $700,000. So imagine like all of us, BWR, the four of us and also photographer, we say, all right, we have six people. How much can you bring to the deal? You make, Maybe you could bring 200K, you could bring 100, you could bring 50, you could bring 30. And then we start to think creatively about how can we make this work? Mm-hmm. And so that's how you start to build the empire.
5: Mm-hmm. And so
0: for me, out of my 105 units, I still own over 80%. And so that is a lot of ownership. So yeah. you, you're here a lot of cats say, I own 500, 500 units. And you say, how much you own? I own like 3%, but it's still 500. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, you don't really have you're much part of the You're part of a syndication deal, yeah. So like so my so deal is like the, you had, like, I own 67% mm-hmm. of the 24 units. I own 75% of this 20 unit. Or something like that. That's how I. Do. So when you give up equity, you give up less equity, and whenever yeah. you do like the debt deals, you get a And yep. yep, so you'll have a debt deal. Someone was. I was just about to ask about the debt deal. So, a family member or a friend. So when I do an equity deal, I tell people I have to date you before I marry would Be like, yo, what you mean? I got like fifty G. What you mean? I'm like, nah, son. I will give you six percent interest. We can hang out for a bit, maybe a year. I let you know if I like you. I'm like, you know, I might not. You might get on my nerves. You might ask too many questions. Or you, you might be helpful. You might be and missing then, some payments. Yeah. And, and then if I might get on your nerves. But after that, then I say we could do an equity deal where we decide to do a partnership to buy an apartment building. So then after I give you your money back and I paid you your interest and I like you to I'll decide to keep working with you. But you could get a family member, an elderly person, someone who has an IRA that has extra money that believes in you as a young person say, look, I believe in you. I like you as a young boy. I'm gonna hook you up. I'm gonna give you a private loan for like, 5 percent interest, six percent interest. Pay me back in a year. You pay me back in a year. I may give you hundred. That could be your grandma. Could be anybody. As opposed to going to hard money lender.
3: And that's like that's what you would call a debt deal, right? That would be a so, debt So, Yeah, like they give you the fifty for the down payment. Yeah. You give them back, the five to ten percent. Yeah. And then everybody's good. You yeah. never we washed our head. Like five to six or yeah. seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so five to six or seven, but yeah. everyone's good. Everybody's but good. But the equity is whatever. Equ- but when you do the debt deal. I got you. And then the equity would be so. Say they came with the same fifty, but instead they'll be getting some of owner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I just wanted to clarify and that. It's, for it's crazy
0: because now I'm at a level. Back in the day, I would say, "Oh, you could be an equity partner if you gave me like a certain amount of money." But now it's like it's got to be over two hundred k. Then it may. I was talking to some people this weekend. May go to a million. So it depends. That's the great thing about being a boss. You can decide how much money people have to play with you. Mm. So. Just not playing my playground.
3: There was something else I wanted to talk to you about, like with the way that you were structuring everything and like the leveling up, like with the eighty-five percent to hundred percent, like occupied. Like, is that something that you look for every deal? Is like that a criteria?
0: It's a criteria. That's a great. That's what I wanted to get into. What I do is I tell people, look, I know it's so sexy when y'all see people doing the full guts when they rip everything down to the studs, your HDTV. Some people are like, I'm running. If you watch my page, you'll never see me walk through Home Depot or Lowe's, but you'll see the people, I'm going through Home Depot and Lowe's. I'm backing up the truck and they feel like they're stars. I'm like, oh, hell no. First of all, I'm too damn lazy to do all that. So that will never happen. When I first started out, I would run through the real estate streets. Now I run through the real estate systems and processes. So I would have my team call me, from the store, they can do that. They can run through the streets. I'm more focused on how do I do big deals? How do I raise money? So that is a very, very important part. So when we go look at deals, we say we want to do value add. And what value add mean is that we want to get the opportunity to increase rents and we want to reduce expenses and we want 85% or more occupancy because I do not invest in a hope and a prayer. Mm. Some people are like, oh man, you see that building over there? You see that land right there, this complete land. We can build up in three years, we'll be all be rich. I said, yeah, I think you're into the hopeful business. I see that building over there, been around about 50 years. I think we can clean it up, raise the rents, treat people decent, and we'll make a hell of a lot of money. And that's what I go for. So I do not do, the value add is very different from the full guts or new construction. I have no time to hope and pray that we can fill this building. I need to go into something that's already together and let's get the thing going. I don't need to recreate the will. I just need to make the world look better.
3: And I kind of wanted to ask you about like how you saying you know, you come in, you clean it up and increase the rent. What type of areas? I know you said, you know, now that you're doing bigger deals, you're more so focused on the amount of units that you can get. But before that, what type of areas were you focused on? Were they more like uh, African-American communities? Yep, yep, yep. So I did start primarily
0: with the African-American communities like Reginald Lewis, and then you start to do bigger things and you diversify. So I did start with that. So for instance, my six unit, my first building I ever bought is in Darby, PA, which is second poorest County in Pennsylvania. Fair. And a lot of people say, oh, you better not be yeah. buying it. That's dangerous. I'm like, that building makes me so much money. And then I bought another one, which is 10 minutes away, a 12 unit for 450,000. That building makes me so much money. I probably make like $7,200 a month and say the mortgage and the trash and electricity for like the public area comes to 2,000. So I'm making like 5,000, 5,000 times 12 equals $60,000. I own that 100%. No one else owns it. So I'm making 60 Gs off that one building. And this is the middle of the hood where people think that you would never want to live. Mm-hmm. It's, I did the analysis. You clean it up. These people care about the community. That's so right. what I tell people is that, look, if I'm buying a town with 10,000 people and now I, I bought a 24 unit in that building, in that neighborhood. So now I own like 44 units or something like that, or 42. I said, if I can't find 42 decent people out of $1,000, I might as well just put my shoes on a rack and go home because it's my job that everywhere in the world, there at least should be 10% of the people that are good. So if there's 10,000 people in that small town, I should at least be able to find 42 of them to come live up in my crib. Mm. And so that is my approach. I'm giving you a champagne experience, you're paying liquor prices, and I'm giving you a high quality experience.
3: And that's exactly what's going to be my follow-up yeah. question. So you was in my brain, bro. Yeah. And so now
0: I do own like Andretzel Hill, which is a really expensive neighborhood. I own in different neighborhoods, like I own in Midtown and Harrisburg, which is like the downtown shopping area. So, of course, you buy different things. looking Mm -hmm. at something maybe on the waterfront. But I'm saying that that is where I start, and I still invest in neighborhoods like that.
2: And with those neighborhoods like that, like you said, you made so much money out there. Like Uh, like on an (laughs) ROI perspective,
0: are the returns higher in the hood versus trying to go in these other communities? That building, so that building was like Mm $450,000. So I put down like $112,000. And I'm making like $60,000 a year off that one building. So I'm making $50,000, 50% cash on cash off that one building. And that doesn't count all the tax benefits and write-offs. So every time I walk by that building and my brother and we drive by, I said, yo, can you believe my name is on the building? He said, Negro, you put it on there. I said, oh yeah, that too. But But I said, that would make me a lot of money, right? And it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. And then I own like the 14 unit. In Harrisburg, where we have a restaurant down below. And so when I walk in there, people are like come up to me like, who are you? I'm like, don't worry about me. I'm just the owner, like ghost. I'm just here. So it is crazy. Like The returns can be unbelievable in the inner city and the neighborhoods that people don't care about. And the people that live in that 12 unit, they're out there. The lady, she's gardening and stuff like that and have little kids come over and show them. I'm like, yo, I love that. She's taking ownership. She loves this. And so you want to make sure that those people have a high quality clean environment. So my aunt goes there and clean it every few months. You just want to make sure we cut the grass, make people feel special.
3: And that's really dope. And one of the questions that I had earlier was like, you know, some of the problems that you might face with some of these things with all of your units, uh, property manager, are you managing it? Oh, baby, baby, baby. I'm glad you asked that
0: question. So when I started, right, I said, look, I want to keep all my money because I was like, I ain't making y'all. I know you young bucks, on 38. You young bucks, five was like, everybody always paid a thousand dollars in rent. No, 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 they didn't. In 2009, people paying like 800, 700 a month, and you'd be happy. Your mortgage or what have you on that probably like 400. So you probably making like a 300 profit. So I had said, man, I'm only making like 8,000 a year. And if I get a property manager, like I got paid 10%. I said, damn, I'll be, and then they have all these other things. I'm like paying a thousand, I'm going to make it 8,000. So I said, I'm not getting no property manager. I'm going to be the property manager. So since 2009, I've been running my own property management business, mm, uh, yes. KR2 property management. And I convinced my brother to get a real estate license. He helps me and my stepmom, she helps me as well. And they're both in the will on there also get equity. So that's how the business is run. So we run the 85 units in the Philadelphia area. Then I have a business property manager relationship in Harrisburg, and they run those 20 units. But we do everything. We do the landscape and the snow removal. We do the property management, all that. And the way my partnership work is that for my brother and his team, I said, y'all cut the grass, we buy the best equipment. Then you and your crew can use our equipment and go make money on your own. Don't even get me, y'all go about your business.
1: Because
0: you You want to in- Transformative. And transform people's lives, right? It's, it's how do we transform people's lives? So some people may come to me and say, look, KR, I want you to buy this property. I want you to wholesale it. And some people will say, I'm just a big deal, like $30,000. Some people say, KR, are you going to tell your brother, give you a concept? no, I'm good. I want to motivate him, change his life. Take
3: all of it, get the experience, do your thing. So that's how we do our thing. That's dope. That's dope. And I kind of want to talk about like dealing with not so ideal tenants too. Mm. Because we know that you know owning real estate is not all peaches and cream,
2: especially buying into units that you know,
3: are already so, occupied. You know what's so crazy, and that's where in our course we teach you about how
0: to analyze and interact with tenants. It's so important the front, the beginning of the game. So how you prepare? Most of us be buying stuff, and we just we didn't even we only get to see one unit. So we go and check every senior unit, and we got to meet every single tenant. And if we don't really we fill in a tenant or something like that. When I bought my six unit. I think somebody was trapped in selling drugs. I didn't do the walkthrough, but my brother did the walkthrough on my stepmom. I live in New York. They send me videos. I'm really hands off. So they send me the videos. I said, oh, hell no. That cat got to go. In apartment six, that negro's selling drugs. He's making weed. We got to get him out of there." And in the contract, what we'll say is that that person has to be evicted
5: before we'll buy. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say.
4: This is ludicrous.
0: And so you write that into the contract. So, mm, uh, wow! the unit number six has to go before we get out. Our units and seven, and eight, they're too ghetto. They got to get out. So we do a walk through every single apartment. So that's a really good question. And then what we also do is when we take over a building, we want to let them know there's a new sheriff in town. So therefore we're giving you professional property management. So we're going to go through, shake your hand, not me, but my team. Yeah. Whenever I say me, that means the team. So they're going to walk through and say, hey, look, Jalen." We're the new property manager. We understand there's deferred maintenance. Here's a one pager. Tell us all your issues and we're going to fix them within 24 to 48 hours. Mm. Can you imagine if you were living in the ghetto building where the landlord never did anything, the new landlord fixed everything? You're like, yo, I like this guy. Okay, you were from so, a slumlord yep, to a great landlord. Yep, so we go and we fix all those things. Or if they didn't have a washer, coin-operated washing dryer, we put new ones in there. We'll fix the common area and paint it and make it feel special. So of course we get bad tenants. Mm. So I think we had to evict about five or four out of the 70 units that we just acquired, which we don't think that is necessarily a bad thing because it's bound to happen because we don't get to pick these tenants. But because we're really serious about our process, when you do apply, we never evicted any of our own tenants that we select. So when you apply to live in my property, I see my properties as my children and I'm not leaving my children with no cracky or somebody bad. So therefore, if you rent my property, you rent my children. So I'm going to interview you, and we're going to do the background check and credit check. You're going to give me your ID, and if you make it to final rounds, we come into your crib. Whatever's on your ID. We're not meeting you at Starbucks. We're not meeting you at Pookie's house. We're meeting you at where you live. We want to meet you, use your bathroom, have a conversation. And if we go to the porch and it look kind of messy, it's the porch for me. You ain't coming to my crib. So we will reject you. So that's how we pick good tenants. (laughs) Got to have a screening process.
3: Amen. That's some good shit. Like, it's cool because even with the writing it into the contract, because now it's just like, you know, either you, you do this or so we just not going to close on the deal. We're going to keep on moving. Yeah. And I think that's really good to have like in your criteria and understanding, like you said, how to analyze and break down those deals fully. Yes. Because
0: I know some people, yo, know, they be just happy, be signing stuff and be crying in a week or two after closing. Like, oh, my goodness, we only looked at one unit. I thought we can handle these tennis They Like, it's crazy. It's like content. Like, you no, know, we try to fix those issues. Like, if it's too messy, I'm good. Like, the funny thing is, I go to apartment building. Well, I don't go. My team go to apartment building. It looked like the whole back room falling apart. No, we out. It's too much work. We ain't doing all that. Why? There's so much out there. Like, it's like ice cream. You got so many flavors. Well, I'm going to pick the flavor everybody else is going through because they think it's sexy. It's yeah. like mint green or complicated. I'm like, nah, so I'm going to go get the vanilla and I'm good. Put a little strawberry on it. We good. We're going to do our rehab in two days and we out. I'm making my money. I ain't got time to be losing sleep because y'all want to be making me do all this work. Lumber prices out of pocket right now. I said, oh, hell no. That's exactly why I don't want to do full guts. They spend too much
3: money. Hey, Hey, that's smart, though. And I like that you got your criteria and you stick with it.
5: One thing I also want to draw attention to just for any listeners out there, I think one thing that's really cool is that you're remote, but thorough, so it's like you're not actually doing any of this, but the team is going through, and they're getting Definitely. all of this covered because so many people, their main barrier with investing out of state or investing in somewhere where they can't see it every day or something like that as well, you know how am I going to know it's taken care of, or how am I going to know that the tenant's doing what they're supposed to do or They're not tearing my stuff up. You're making sure from the jump that you get very, very good tenants, and you don't even got to be there, like you're still doing everything in New York,
0: mhm. That's exactly how. And what happens is that a lot of us, we're just operating off a of raw talent. Mm. So like some of you catch, y'all know how to throw, you know how to catch, you know how to run. My job as your coach with KJ Consulting is to teach you how to become a better runner, a better thrower, and a better catcher. So you may be out there like Michael Vick, and you be wilding out doing great in the game, and then you wind up in prison. And I can be your coach, and you go from Mahomes, and you start winning championships. And so that's the same approach I use for my team and my family members. Mm. So they're learning all the different aspects of real estate. And so the team is being empowered. And so therefore I can, chill. it's just like when you go and invest in Apple, when the last time you've been to Apple's headquarters? Never, I've never been, but I own over a hundred grand of Apple, I own over 200 grand of Amazon, but I've never been to the headquarters. And so I use that same approach about how do we set up the frameworks, the best practices and Mm -hmm. teach this across the board so I can really sleep i like to go to the gym. I told somebody else, I said, I didn't retire to be working. I said, I want to go to the gym for two hours. I might want to stretch now and do things that people do for two hours. I said, I don't even know what they do in the gym, but apparently, not, <laughs> apparently I'm doing it now. And so I said, that's what I want to do. And I said, I'm shutting this thing down. I got to work on a Friday. I said, this is over. This is over. I said, I'm not doing this. Our work is shutting down the day at four. And it started at one. <laughs>
3: so, hey, man
2: boss decisions that is some boss but decisions I did want to ask so like I know you said you were mentioning <laughs> best practices and things of that nature so how do you communicate that with all your team? like do you have like an education That's portal right. or like an onboarding process that you put them through oh you mean for like the tenant no
0: for your team Oh yeah, we have it for tenants too. So when you move into our property, we give you a one pager on how to take, how to mop the floor, how to wipe the countertops. And it's a surprise. A lot of people don't know how to do these basic things. So we give you a one pager when you move. in, like, damn, this is a job. Yeah, this is how you maintain these things. You need to go get some Murphy oil for your hardwood floors. You got to get this from Home Depot for the clean your granite. So we train them, but also for the team. We have like a one pager on exactly. These are the steps you do whenever we go through an eviction. These are the steps you do whenever you go do this. This is the steps you do whenever you do this. If you work with the contractors, of course, because I used to do everything in the beginning in 2009, I started training those people up. And so now all of them are competent. So I don't really have to stress as much, but Mm. that's how we tend to do it. But we use a platform. What you have to do is put in place the automation and also put in place the systems and the programs and use technology. So we have Buildium. So Buildium, all the tenants have to do this. Like Now no tenants can pay their rent by check or money order because that wastes time. So therefore you can do pay near me you also could use an ETF or you use your credit card. That's the way you pay rent. All complaints. Did you say ETF? Yeah, ETF is kind of like the exchange transfer, like your bank. Uh, okay, that I thought way. you were talking-, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about the stock. Yeah, you can use your pay your rent that way. So we try to make things very seamless and simple. But all the family members, we communicate during text or what have you. And we do like a call once or twice. And I have a parameter. If it's a certain amount of money, then you can call me. If it's not, you already have authorization. So my brother and my stepmom, they have checkbooks that are already signed. And they can pay the contractors and stuff like that. They have credit cards. They can do all that stuff. So you don't have to call me to involve me in something like that. So somebody would ask me, do you know if this is available? I said, no, I don't know that. You got to call a property manager. Uh, but I thought it's your company. No, that's not the way my company works. I don't do that. It's levels to this. Even if my niece, if she's an intern and she wants an idea, I said, I think we have a hit of marketing or you should talk to my other business partner. You're talking to the wrong person, but I love you. And I like the way you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
5: hey no, no, that's real smart, <laughs> that's, though. Like,
3: this is a class, nigga. Damn. Because hey. it's really like the hierarchy, too, though, because... As you said in the beginning, we got to understand how to run a big business. Mm. Too many Mm. times we get stuck in a small business mindset, you know, I'm going to be the person doing all of this. We don't understand. It's a hierarchy. Like, I don't have to be the person worrying about this. As long as nothing don't break, as long as a system. If I put in two and I get out four every time, why are you calling me? Yes. Yes. It's it's, so amazing. I get it. Like, that's real smart.
0: And it empowers everybody, right? So it's like, yo, you guys can run this whole ship. I go out tomorrow. Don't kill me because you're on the will. But if I go out, you know, I can run this. thing.
3: That's dope, man.
0: That's dope, my
2: brother. So Making not- decision makers instead of direction takers. That's one of the things Absolutely. I
3: know. A bar. That's a bar. So now I want to move into the last segment, though. What's on your timeline, my brother? So this section, just anything that you saw, either on social media, something that you've seen come across your email feed or across anything. What's something that you've seen on your timeline that you would like to talk about?
0: Well, I think the thing that is on my timeline, I had one of my students reach out to me and was like, he had read this article. He was like, this guy, young guy, white guy had said, these are the steps to being the lessons he learned to being a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And so I said, look, I'm going to create that, recreate that from our community and just explain in 23 steps, the key lessons that I've learned. And that's going to be on KJ Consulting about how you can become a millionaire in a very practical, realistic way it may, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you put it in at least 10 years, you definitely will change your game fundamentally. And so that's the thing that's been on my mind. I've been thinking a lot about as I searched the internet for like, what are we putting out there to educate people? And I don't try to push, like, I understand some people do business credit. Some people do credit repair and I'm not trying to do all that. I want to teach you basically the algebra, the trigonometry and calculus of doing real estate and put it in a way that you really can apply. So that's been like my focus, like Who's out there really trying to change the game, help people?
3: Hey, that's dope. That's really, really powerful too. Like you said, you know, the algebra, really just the principles of real estate is Mm -hmm. what it sounds like, really getting them a good solid foundation and really just breaking it down in a very simple level. I'm basically, look, if you once you figure out, and it's really
0: simple, especially I started around you guys' age, around like 26. If you just commit over the next five to 10 years, if you do what's necessary, then do what's possible, you'll find yourself doing the impossible. And so mm. it's very important. Just do what's necessary. Like you guys know, go in and out every day, save your money, brush your teeth, floss, clean up, wear good clothing, things of that nature. Just do the basic things, save for just your one rental. You'll be like, I'm going to take my own race, I run at my own pace. Then you're going to know within 10 years, you're like, yo, I woke up and I got 10 of these bad boys. And then the game is going to get crazy. Mm. That's when it really changed. Cause you did what's necessary, then you did what's possible. Now you find yourself doing the impossible. Never imagine the stuff that I'm able to do now. It blows my mind.
3: Hey, that's hard, man. That's hard, man. can Kr that came through and bust my head in this mug, bro. Hey, I love man, it. I gotta give it to <laughs> yeah, you. We've bro. been
2: we've been slacking on our buttons because you you it was, yeah it was a great episode. Yeah, real though, tough. Bro. So, can you let the people know yeah, where that's they can follow you plans. and whatnot? Yep. And once again, tell them about the amazing course that y'all got. They want to get consulted by y'all, everything.
0: So if you want to follow us, you want to learn about all the things we're doing, go to KJ Consulting, I-G, that's K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G, KJ Consulting. Click on the link in our bio to go to our website and you can subscribe where we send an email out telling you about what we're doing in our apartment buildings, increasing the value and cutting expenses, but also on our page, on our website, you also can find our course, which is on July 10th. It's gonna be for four hours. It's a virtual course where we teach you everything about real estate, how to analyze any market. It could be Harrisburg, it could be Louisiana, it could be in Indiana, it could be around the country. We're gonna teach you how to analyze the market, then analyze the individual deal. Then we're also gonna give you a sheet of the 10 questions, or five questions to ask your property manager, your mortgage lender, your loan officer, your real estate broker, and then on top of that, you're going to get access to my team, where we're going to give you access, pretty much show you the glove and you can put it on if you want to invest in our markets, where we have relationships with property managers and we have our own property management business, where we'll help you pretty much find the whole deal and help you get on your feet. And what I really like to show us, it's not a one night stand. We're trying to hang out with you for a while, baby. So we're going to check on you for once a month for the next 12 months. And that's $349 one time price. We're not going to keep trying to run up the, the bank and nickel and Don you, that's not the way we get down. So KJ Consulting, IG is where you can get us. If you want to do a one-on-one consultation, we charge one ninety-nine per hour. And you can do that through our website. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, we're doing some big things. We change the game. We're hitting people, Monday motivations, Tuesday tips, Wednesday workout tips, Friday literacy, Yo, know, we going in. And Tuesday, we also do start, and now 7 p.m., we're going to go live and answer any of your questions. We
3: have one topic every Tuesday. Mm. Hey man, that's, that's dope. It, man. Y'all definitely tap in, tap in. Transformative is the word. Yeah, right? yeah that's all. Yes, I mean. Transformative that is, trans-
0: wealth. Yes, transformative wealth. That is what we're trying to do. Transformational wealth. Mm-hmm.
3: I love it. I love it. So before we get up out of here, let's get into oh, some house oh, cleaning. We got to remember the code
0: BWR eleven BWR eleven
3: in the show notes. Y'all go y'all and, and get that. that. Yeah, get that, get that. But before we get up out of here, let's get into some house cleaning. I definitely want to say thank you to all of our listeners who come in week in, week out. We appreciate you so much for being loyal supporters like y'all, our family, y'all know anytime y'all want to hear something different, y'all want to hear about a new topic, just leave it in the show, like leave it in the reviews, Uh, leave us a comment, a rating, a review, a five star rating, uh, preferably. If you are new to this, we definitely hope that this was a great episode. We definitely hope that you share with your friends. Make sure you click that subscribe button, please, so you can tap in and get all the newer things that we got coming out. We always have amazing guests because we want to make sure that we give y'all the best quality that we can. So that's what we're trying to do over here. Also, y'all make sure y'all go get our book, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. You can get that through the link in the description as well. Y'all got something, fellas? Yeah. Last but not least, last thing, BWR Academy is yeah. live
2: once again. If you are interested in joining our wealth building community and helping us on our mission to help those families, do this collectively. We're saving this milli every quarter. We're actually, this is the first quarter. We just yeah. try to do a milli. We try to double up quarter after quarter and just continue to help our people. And really, like we said. Yeah, y'all
3: y'all tap into that community. That community is really powerful. Like, you get access to us, the team. You get access to our instructors. We have some amazing instructors who are going to be teaching. And like they said, we're just going to be touching on this personal finance with this very first school. We got a lot to come, but I definitely want y'all to tap in and just get connected to some of the amazing things that we got going on. Yes, sir. Well, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or
0: use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada at participating McDonald's.